G'day everyone, welcome to Ruin Hammer Season 3, Episode 17, our Round 5 review of the Warriors' victory over the Cowboys. Uh, before we get into it though, I just want to thank you all for joining us. Another episode made possible by our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Um, it's your awesome support that enables us to upgrade our visual presentation via Restream, as you can see, and bring you guys the content and the guests that you all enjoy so much. Hammer, how's it going, mate? You're, you're well-dressed tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason we're dressed like this, isn't it? Mate, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I do want to echo your, your thanks to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Uh, their support does allow us to do what we do here every week, which is bring you the best live Warriors content on all social media platforms. Uh, and just a reminder uh, to everyone that's tuned in tonight, uh, the reason we do do the show live is, you know, so that you guys can get involved uh, in the conversation. So, you know, please, as we move through our discussion points during the night, as always, uh, leave your comments. Uh, make sure your comments are um, appropriate. Uh, be be aware that we do have former players, current players, uh, families of players that watch this. So make sure that you um, you know keep your your comments uh, yeah, appropriate. I guess yeah, appropriate um, and respectful. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, that's yeah. a word. Yeah, that's a word. Um, mate, uh, three in a row. How good. Um, and what another fantastic uh, game day experience at Redcliffe, mate. In the words of Sean Johnson after that win, I pinched myself that this is our life. Absolutely, mate. It was another awesome evening. Um, just, just such a good, as we said, as we always say, just such a great place to watch footy. Um, and yep. touching on Sean's comment, we're not, we're not quite at Sean's level yet of experiences when it comes to the Warriors, but yes, I agree with you. Like, um, with what you're saying, it's great to be able to to be there and to witness these games. It's it's a rare occurrence, as we've said, in Warriors history and in NRL history that we have them here for these games and they're playing home games at a Redcliffe. But to have this access and this platform um, that it's given us to not just the current players but also the past stars is amazing. Um, we've got some picks here uh, yeah. from the night with some of our current stars there. And uh, how good is the tunnel? By the way, it's <laughs> mate. Fantastic. How good was it? Um, shout out to to Greg. Not that he'd be watching, but um, the head of security up there at Redcliffe um, kind of made himself come and introduced himself to us, and uh, we had a bit of a chat to him. And he took that photo of in front of the tunnel there, uh, restricted area, can't get in there. Uh, but you know, he was kind enough to to let us stand in there and, and grab yeah, a photo. That's right. But you yeah, know, catching up with Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um, with this, so some of those current players was great. Sean obviously very happy and emotional, and and just that that bottom left picture of us uh, with um, that's uh, Josh Curran's mum, and we were wearing our Ruin Hammer uh, Josh Curran shirts. So uh, um, hero Josh yeah. Curran shirts. Exactly. Wanted to get a picture with us. So um, yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, and also to finally be able to meet some of our past guests that we've had on, like Lucky and Tatey. And yeah. um, Toddy and Pat, who are now at the Cowboys, is, is just absolutely amazing. It's just it's a fantastic rider. Yeah, it was, They're all such great blokes. They're all so down to yeah. the earth and just great to chat Absolutely, to mate, yeah. Um, yeah, Pat, Pat had a good chat to us after the game. Um, we did comment on how he looks a lot thinner. The, the weather up there is uh, pretty conducive to, to losing weight. Um, Tatey was uh, was great to come and have a, have a chat to us. But these were the two guys that we really... Um, 
really enjoyed catching up with. So it was great to see Lucky again. Um, such a fan favourite at the Warriors. We had a good chat with him pre-game. Uh, but how open and honest was uh, Toddy Payton when we spoke to him after the game? And, and to come and have a chat after such a heartbreaking loss for the Cowboys, just, just pretty much the measure of the man too. Yeah, I mean, that was so good of him. Such a champion person. And we, we all know as Warriors fans how, how honest, uh, open and honest Toddy is um, from his yep. stint coaching us. And I can't believe, you know, that guys like Dallin, uh, ben, Benny Murdoch, Masilla and Jazz go out of their way to make an effort to come and say hi to us as well and have a bit of a chat. And it's sort of a testament to the trust that we've been able to build and create with these guys that they trust us and feel comfortable enough to come and have a chat it, it really is mind-blowing as you said and as Sean said you just pinch yourself sometimes that you you're just having a chin wag with these blokes and yeah. um you you yourself had a bit more of a rugby league bonanza over the weekend though too um we discussed on uh on our day at the nrl grand final on last night's show obviously we were talking about all things nrlw and that was a fantastic day also but you um you took in some park footy over the weekend as well mate I did, mate. Uh, I went down to the park down in Burley to watch our good friend uh, Georgia Ha play for the Tweed Seagulls against uh, Burley Bears in the BMD competition. Um, was fortunate enough to run into a few of our former Warriors women stars, uh, Bri- Brianna Clark, Crystal Tamarua, who are now both at the Titans, and Kira Dibb, who is now at the Knights. Um, mate, a good afternoon just chatting footy with the girls. I, I sat there with uh, Laurie Hale from the Warriors as well, Georgia's dad. Um, and then, of course, Sunday spectacular. Uh, you know, um, commiserations to our good friend Matty Bartlett uh, at the Dragons, but congratulations to the Roosters and two of their stars who have been uh, chatting to us over the past few weeks in in, um, in uh, messages through Instagram and so forth. Um, Isabel Kelly and Olivia Higgins, um, great win for them. I notice Jack Kelly's yeah, here, Jack, which is Jack's his brother. Yeah. Jack's in the house. Uh, when is Izzy getting on? Uh, mate, we're going to try and get her on in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll just let things settle down for her and the the grand final, and I know she's got to get back to training with the. Um, I'm assuming she's playing for the Knights in the Harvey Women's Premiership. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get her on. We're going to get Olivia Higgins on for a bit of a chat as well. And um, but yeah, mate, it was a, it was a great win for them. Yeah, it certainly was a great afternoon out there at Redcliffe. Great quality game as we as we touched on last night. Absolutely. All right, let's talk. Let's take a look at last week's round five victory over the Cowboys. It was a very tense twenty-five to twenty-four victory to our boys. Uh, Warriors twenty-five tries to Arthur's Curran, Nikarima, and Aitken. Uh, Walshy four from four, and Johnson with the all-important field goal. Cowboys twenty-four points came from Dead and Drinkwater, Felt, and Valentine Holmes. Holmes kicking four from six. Um, as as we uh, sort of suspected AFB was announced as a late inclusion, which pushed Eli Katoa to the bench, which meant that finally I could make the merch get rid of that dreaded 18th man bib off his back. Um, yeah, the Warriors were the first set of the game and uh, they got to their kick, but the Cowboys, they were making big meters. It was evident from their very first set and included two offloads, which was a sign of things to come um, from the evening. And we had a we got a penalty early and a piggyback set of six call uh, piggyback um, six again call and with the first real scoring opportunity and um, Sean Johnson grubbers into the in goal area Arthur's unfortunately couldn't handle and gives away a seven tackle set early on. Uh, I apologise if my um, attention's been taken away a little bit, mate. I got <laughs> just noticed a massive spider 
dropped oh. down the ceiling and it's just, just dropped on the floor and run off somewhere. So I'm on um, I'm on spoiler alert at the moment. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, a massive missed opportunity for the Warriors. Um, and we've spoken about it in the past, our inability to score more than three tries in each of those first four games of the season. Uh, we really need to be able to ice those opportunities uh, we get for points. Uh, following on from that, Ruben Cotter with a line break and a bad missed tackle from Joshy Curran, uh, but luckily a big tackle on Chad, Chad Townsend forces an error. Uh, the Cowboys with their first set restart in the sixth minute Dearden running at the line with a show and go. He beats Josh Curran again to score a, a, a pretty soft try, it ended up being. Um, yeah. Holmes misses a kick for a 4 0 lead. And then um, the Cowboys were very good in their middle third running. Uh, they were surging up the middle. They were making big meters on every set. Our scramble defense saved us on many occasions, but our line speed was very poor in the opening half. Yeah, it was a very big concern. Um, we did get another piggyback penalty, though. Uh, from the ensuing set. Um, SJ with a nice ball to Arthurs, who ran a fantastic line to score in the 11th minute. Sirenin, uh had a good decoy run in the lead-up as well and did well not to obstruct the play. And uh, while she slotted the kick and we took a 6-4 lead. But then the Cowboys, they just continued to offload and dominate the ruck. They, As we've both said, they were making huge metres. We could see it. They were just surging up the middle every set. And our back three were constantly under pressure, having to defuse those high balls. Luckily, though, they were all they were all safe, especially with Montoya um, on countless occasions was having to to take those high kicks. The Cowboys um, they get their second set restart in the in the fifteenth minute, and a massive hit from AFB absolutely rocks Cotter. A fantastic hit, and the Cowboys though they got a penalty in the next tackle and they opt to level up with Valentine Holmes, so making it a six-all scoreline. Yeah, I was happy they took the two points there. I thought that they may have kept the the pressure on, uh, play a, a good ball set inside our half and look for more points or or at least a repeat set to, to build some pressure. So no, I, I thought that was a let-off for us. Um, but the common theme, as we keep saying of the night, was that, that the Cowboys just kept marching upfield. They were, they were forcing our back three to defuse the situation under pressure. Uh, again, line speed and defensive pressure, just not quite there. Um, Montoya gave away a penalty on X-Team uh, and this time the Cowboys kept the pressure on them. They played some enterprising footy with some expansive ball, ball movement. Very suspect play the ball. Very uh, suspect. <laughs> Hiku looking to fumble. Um, Townsend grubbers into the end goal and a very casual cleanup attempt in goal um, by AFB. Pretty much gift wraps a, a, a try for uh, Drinkwater, who, who scores 12 6 in the 23rd minute. And it was bizarre that even though they went back and looked at a play, um, the play the ball wasn't reviewed. Um, we nicknamed the referee the Shermanator. He looked like. Uh, <laughs> The Shemonator from um, American, American Pie. Pie. <laughs> uh, mate, he was definitely not refing both sides. No, no, he wasn't. I, I, like, of, of all the things that they check in all the lead-ups to all the tries, like, that was like, – wh- why on earth they didn't check that? I just, yeah. yeah, got no idea. Anyway, they didn't, and the numbers were in the frame, as Costo would say. Yeah, um, yeah Townsend, they, uh, he attempted a 40-20. It was partially charged down. The next set, SJ bombs in goal area, and it appears to go dead off Walsh. For some reason, though, we decide to captain's challenge it. I have no idea why. Um, and I think luckily for us, it was ruled that Walsh, he didn't knock on, even though it looked pretty clearly like it did come off his bicep. Yeah. Uh, bicep, I should say. And um, 
yeah, I think the, the football gods are with us is to, uh, on that night because we retained our challenge. So, yeah, a very, very strange moment in the game there. All the time she's getting yes. the challenge. But anyway, is what it is. And the Cowboys then, they got two set restarts in a row. Another common theme of the night, um, attacking our line. And then a third set restart after a, a superb legs tackle from CHT defensively outstanding again. And our defence holds strong. And um, we get a penalty after Montoya is tackled mid-air and in goal, uh, defusing the kick. And um, in the next set, SJ with probably his first poor pass of the night, which misses the mark, and it's just shadowed as a touch by Tuolangi. Yeah, mate, for all his good, SJ does have that in his game. Last lucky that um, Oates couldn't get his hands on a loose pass to score uh, when um, SJ kind of threw one of those speculator cutout and this week it does it does come back and bite us um you know the Warriors get a penalty putting us on the attack again CFC Nick Garima go close SJ then throws that looping attempted cutout pass uh it's intercepted by Tu and Lungi uh who finds Holmes who's eventually mowed down by uh, Montoya after being uh stuck on the uh TB122 the the Todd Byrne um <laughs> What, what do you call it? Treadmill? It, treadmill. Uh, it was funny. It looked He looked to be moving fast, but he wasn't actually moving fast, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Deceptive. Deceptive yeah. like Toddy Byrne. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, quick hands finds Felt unmarked. He's got his 13th try against us. Does love scoring a try against oh, the Warriors. Loves it, yeah. uh, and then home slots it from York and makes the score 18-6 in the 36th minute. Uh, Cowboys make 60 metres on the ensuing set, set but THT with a superb 40-20 Put us back on the attack, and then, um, mate, Josh Curran, relishing being back in the middle, uh, shows some superb footwork, scores his first try of the year. Um, his brother's happy. Um, Jacob, uh, JJ, he won a, won a fair bit of money on that one. <laughs> um, Walsh converts for an 18-12 goal line at halftime, and, and reply a couple of guys here. Um, yeah, Brad said uh, in regards to that captain's challenge, got to keep Walsh. Just stats looking good. He didn't want the error against his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, OG Lowski uh, wanted to know when the game was this week. It is Sunday, 2 p.m. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, evening week too. Thanks for joining, bro. G'day, mate. G'day to everyone as well who's watching on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Um, yeah, the, the if that first – if that try right before halftime was crucial, then – a diabolical start for the Cowboys from the kickoff by Tuolangi um, and Cody with a ridiculously easy show and go from dummy half. He goes over untouched to level the scores in the 42nd minute, like such an easy try. Toddy would have been ropeable with um, the period of play right before and right after halftime. He would have been absolutely furious with that. We know he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there was no one defending on the right side of the ruck, though. Uh, with that Cody try, it was truly bizarre. He literally just went, oh, hang on, saloon passage. Yeah. Open yeah. up like Manukau heads. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, after that, though, the game did settle into a bit of an arm wrestle and both teams going set for set, no real pressure building. Um, the Warriors, then we got a penalty from a um, but a poor error from Bunty on halfway, just completely relieves the pressure valve. Then our good mate, the Shermanator, uh, gives the Cowboys a contentious six to go and they build sustained pressure on the line. But they, they looked a little a bit lost in that um, set and we were sort of gobbling them up. We defended it comfortably until the very last tackle and then Holmes got through a gap 
and scores. It was a valiant effort, though, from Walshie to stop him from getting the ball down. There was a bit of a, a bobble in there, and yeah. he, he eventually got a bit of ball uh, on the grass. But, um, yeah, no, that's something that we have been uh, sort of critical of Walshie, and he looks to have kind of um, firmed up that sort of area of his game, which is good. And he's not a great a, effort. He's not a big man either. So, not, you know, those... Uh, those one-on-one stops in the Angola are more than likely always going to be against him than for him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't have to – I mean, Roger wasn't a big fullback, but Roger just really knew how to, um, you know, get players into positions to yeah, stop them from them, getting exactly. the ball. Yeah. He, he became whilst, an expert in that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, while she's, what, 20 games into his career, so that'll come. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, um, miss, yeah, missed kick, actually, I should say, 22-18, and that was in the 49th minute. Yeah, um, and the Cowboys just continued to upfield field too. Uh, they pinned the Warriors yeah. on our line, um, but we, we give away a, a penalty for a high – sorry, we get a penalty for a high tackle on Montoya. The touch finder bizarrely makes no ground. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's like then, we literally ended up right where we started. Yeah, and then, um, you know, to, to uh, the applause of the crowd – Merch finally gets onto the field. Um, his first, his first footy in twenty twenty two. He himself into the play, and we all gasp <laughs> as he juggles the ball with his first carry, bringing back his memories of that game last year where he had like three really bad carries where he just dropped the ball every time he touched yeah, it. Yeah, it was just like, oh, I can't remember man. who that was against. Things against the Sharks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a well placed bomb, uh, but our kick chase is poor. Drinkwater is allowed to catch the ball on the full, and he makes a break up field. Another start from the Shermanator with a cowboy on the attack, uh, but luckily our defence held firm there. Um, while she started looking really dangerous, and he was chiming into the back line, he, he throws a risky pass, which is luckily touched by the Cowboys. And then SJ puts a kick in on the third tackle and, and literally kicks it straight into Drinkwater. Um, and it was just like we'd gone back to playing that frantic, impatient footy. Yes, exactly. Like straight into the breadbasket. Um, Walsh, though, he fields a Townsend grabber on his line and he fails to find the turf, though. And, and as we said before, Walshie is not the biggest fullback. So they, they got numbers in the tackle driven back um, into the in goal area. And we attempted a short dropout, but it, it literally went straight to Hiku with about four of our guys around him. I don't know how that happened, but it literally yeah. just went straight to him. Um, and then, speaking of Hiku, he's absolutely belted by Montoya, um, which was penalised for high contact on the big screens at Redcliffe. I mean, that inverted commas for those who are listening. Um, at the ground, we, we, we were like scratching our heads saying, what's wrong with that? That just looked like a really decent hit. Um, but watching the game back, there was uh, a bit of contact with the head. So that was uh, placed on report. And uh, Holmes, he lined up a shot at goal and extended the lead to 24-18, and that was with 20 to go. Have you – are you there, bro? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I must have just dropped out there. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Um, yeah, Tao Malolo gets away with the Tom Brady special and Walshie spills the bomb and giving the Cowboys more goal line attack. And then Hiku puts in a kick. Uh, but that was really well read by Cossie. And again, we, we held really strong on our line. 
um, which was which was good because a couple of the tries they did get were um, not like the, I mean there was a try from a kick and a try from an intercept so it was good to see us showing some good goal line defence. Yes. And um, we we get our first set restart on the fifth tackle and we go on the attack for the first time in ages. And an absolutely fantastic short ball from CHT puts Aiken through a gap and he went on to score. Well, she just slots it and we're back 24 all with 14 minutes remaining. Absolutely. Uh, just responding to Harker Time Rugby who's joining YouTube, 7-1 to one in the six games. They looked offside a lot. Mate, were we from where we were sitting our vantage point uh, a couple of times where like you know their defensive line was right in line with where we were and they were they were a step or a step and a half in front of the ref every time and he, he didn't pull them up it was it was ridiculous um ruben says would like sj pop in pop up in more in both sides of the field more often seems to be playing on the left only so i'd like to see him and walsh combine more from work in progress i hope i, I think mate, that's only the yes, second yeah. game that they've played together um and I, I think, um, yeah, as time goes on, I think you'll, you'll find Shawnee starting to find his groove a little bit more within the, the Warriors' um, play and uh, going on, yeah, playing sides of the field. Um, Christian's asked about Ronald Volkman for 2020. I know we don't do rumours, mate, but I think that one's been confirmed. Uh, I'm actually going to be going to... Uh, the North Sydney game this weekend coming, but the following weekend. So hopefully he's there and I'll be able to ask myself um, whether the, the it's true. And if it is, um, all good. From the horses. Uh, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, back to the game though. Yeah. 24 all with four to go. Um, mate, that feeling of impending doom really started yeah. to set in. Didn't it? <laughs> um, but in saying that, I was very pleased that with some that three try threshold that we hadn't been a breakthrough in the yeah. previous week so so that gave me a little bit of hope the fact that we'd scored a fourth try um then whilst he whilst he took a spiral bomb on the fall and he finds Montour in space um he goes too close to the chalk and does it back infield which again luckily for us is knocked on by felt uh and then felt spills the bomb in the ensuing set but luckily for him goes back to drink water and then sj just misses another 40 20 yeah, uh, just over the 40 yeah. meter line yeah um, Arthur's he found himself in space and he, he finds Walsh and Walsh flicked it back at the ball, uh, found the grass, but because he was able to pick it up, and then SJ and, and Arthur's they chanced their arm on the fifth tackle, but they're just held out in the corner there. And uh, Pompey he was hit hard and he spills the pill 30 meters out, gifting the Cowboys a chance with five to go. This is when we really started getting worried, <laughs> yeah. um, it was, but. To be honest, it was really the first time that we'd noticed Pompey the whole game, wasn't it? He, he, yeah, it was. I actually said that to you. I didn't realise he was playing. <laughs> exactly. Um, again, our defence, it holds solid, though. Granville um, put in a kick that went dead, and the Cowboys challenge it, um, but luckily for us, the decision is upheld. And we make great metres on the next set. Um, Aitken is hit high, like really high, um, but there was no penalty. Um, SJ took his first shot at field goal, but it was charged down and we got six to go. And then Walshie had a shot from in front, um, but he missed to the left with leaving two minutes on the clock. Yeah, just a couple of comments coming through. Um, Jack O'Harry says, um, really another playmaker in regards to Volkman. Guess that means CHT is on the way out. Uh, no, CHT no. will be re-signed. Um, the guys that will be on the way out are Cody and Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor was yeah. only a one 
season deal. Cody's off contract at the ex of, at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, he he uh, obviously won't be re-signed. He's, he's really offering nothing um, in re- in regards to looking to try and get another contract. And he's only said he wants to stay in Queensland anyway, where his family is. So. CAT to be re-signed, I would say. And, yeah, we've got Metcalf coming too, uh, who is a half. Um, so, you know, our half stocks a couple of weeks ago didn't look real good, um, but starting to look a better now. Christian says Montoya for four weeks means to step up and fill the void. I think that'll be um, Ed Cosy. I think he's doing everything at the moment to hold on to that position and, and with uh, Dallin coming back. Um, and Mark Roberts... Mark Roberts says, I wonder if they've relayed the concrete where you were sitting, boys. Quite a bit of pacing. We didn't pace. We were moving quite a bit in our seats. Yes. Uh, we couldn't sit still. <laughs> we, were hanging, we were like hanging over the hanging over the railings a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. Siala um, <laughs> says, I was laughing when SJ started the field goal and you could see Ridge. I'm coming down with excitement. I'm KO. Yeah, it was. It was good. We sent, had some photos. Sent so about that one. Uh, oh, every, everyone was sending us pics of that. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Harker time asks, did we see SJ's post-match interview? Yeah, mate. Um, I had tears in my eyes when he, when he, was, um, uh, when he was talking to the media. It was very emotional. Uh, very, and it's good to see the love that he has for the club and the jersey. So much brighter than the jersey. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, but like you said, mate, with two minutes to go uh, and 24 all and a couple of missed opportunities, uh, it was just like a nightmare unfolding before <laughs> our eyes, wasn't it? The, it was. the Cowboys... <laughs> the Cowboys... What, what a torture. <laughs> We put some good pressure on, on Townsend, uh, which causes him to pass out to Feld, who puts in a kick, which is knocked back by Curran and desperately dived on by CHT, who cops a, a bit of a blood nose for his troubles through an accidental boot. Um, accident or not, contact of the head uh, this year has been penalised in Sinbin. So um, surely there should have been something at that time at the very least. But, you know, in those kind of situations, the referees love to stick the whistle in the pocket. Um we play it safe in the next set and ends through to uh, full time. I mean, Golden Point for Warriors fans are rightly know our abysmal record in Golden Point. Yeah, I think I uh, I said a little prayer as soon as full time. Uh, full time whistle was blown like, please, if we just win one Golden Point game, can it be tonight? <laughs> um, in in the huddle uh, during the Golden the the, the break between uh, full time and Golden Point, AFB and SJ they were laying down the law, and that was really great to see senior players to, uh, stepping up and and showing some great leadership. Um, we we receive we received the ball and we had a fantastic first set. Huge meters from Bunty, AFB and Aitken. And that allowed SJ to have his have his first shot of golden point 40 out. It was charged down again and we got six to go. And then SJ point blank and just misses to the right. We thought it had gone over yeah, at, we that did. Point, at that point in time, but it just missed to the right. Um, so, obviously, then that means the Cowboys have the seven-tackle set, and they worked their way upfield, of course, as they had all night. And then Townsend took a, a pretty wonky shot that was never really a chance of going over. While she cleaned up, and he had a fantastic kick return, strong, great metres in the set. Um, Sirenin, uh, Bailey Sirenin actually made a really crucial run off about 15 metres there, which put us in great position. And then SJ on the fifth with a wobbly low shot, 30 metres out. As we said, sends us all into raptures. Pure relief to finally ice a golden point game. How good was it? <laughs> Mate, um, uh, just 
Luke here asks, uh, says the Heritage jersey looks so good, available in Australia. Christian says, yeah, you can buy it online at the Warriors store. Uh, I'd be, um, they've only got three uh, larges left uh, in stock. Yeah, that, I think they're probably less than that now. I, I, I had a look today, and yeah, they all the all the XLs were gone, and they had maybe I think they had even sold out larges by the last time I checked as well. So yeah. hopefully they'll be getting a restock. Uh, shortly, I but think you know, they it's been so popular. I think they'll have to do a restock of it. Have to. Um, and there's been supply issues with Puma, as we all know. So that's yeah. That's I, I jumped on, I jumped on Puma today. There's nothing on Puma at the moment, so you nah. have to expect that they'll they'll do a run as well. So um, yeah, patience, people. But those that got in, uh, congratulations. Uh, you won't have it for this week's game, but um, uh, it, it's it's yeah, it looks fire. Um, Mate, those those um those sets during Golden Point were some of our best carries uh, all game. We ran the ball with purpose and intent, and it got us the result. And for me, I was surprised that Val Holmes wasn't the go-to guy for the for the field goal. The Cowboys they kept going to Townsend, um, where and we all know Val Holmes can start a field goal. Sure, um, but mate, if we look at the stats, um, you know, Toddy Toddy said to us after the game they gift wrapped it. And hand us, handed us that game. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, you can see that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, they had 55% possession. They, they completed at 92%. We completed at 82 which was great. But, you know, 92%. They made nearly 2,000 run metres. And um, I think the difference was we had 36 tackle breaks to their 25. Um, the missed tackles, they had 36 missed tackles um, to our 25. You know, we did nearly... Uh, 80 tackles more than what they did. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, look, yeah, looking at those stats, there's no way we should have won. No, absolutely. Um, you know, the 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 uh, Cowboys had every right win that game uh, and probably should have been up by more points than what they were. Uh, but as Brownie said in his press conference, it was our scramble defence that really saved us this week. And, um, yeah, that was, it was really good to see. Um, mate, let's head into some discussion points. Uh, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, Marcelo Montoya. Um, look, I, I wasn't going to add too much uh, to this. Um, as we all know, Marcelo's been said that he's copped a full match suspension for a homophobic slur that was um, he was overheard in the match saying. Um, the club's apologised. Marcelo has apologised. It was the heat of the moment comment that unfortunately was picked up by the ground mics. Uh, and that's, you know, something that's part of our game now. The, uh, the amount of access that we get through cameras and microphones. Um, this Double kind of thing. Sword. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, you know, mate, I'm sure there's worse said every game that we don't hear Definitely about. Is. Yeah. Um, I thought the punishment, I thought four weeks was a little bit excessive. I thought he might get two. Uh, you know, when you consider... You know, um, you know, domestic violence guys get you know a week or two. Payne Haas got got a week for punching uh, little Albie Kelly in the face. Uh, Mitch Barnett got six weeks for a deliberate elbow. So you're saying this is almost as bad as that? And I, I know, you know, we're living in a a, um, a time of inclusivity, and, and we've got to be careful. But at the end of the day, it was one word said in the heat of battle. Um, Last year, Tony Staggs uh, copped a ten thousand fine for saying the same thing. Um, I, I think the difference there was that Castoni Staggs was actually out injured at the time. He said it to a fan, um, and uh, so therefore, you know, maybe uh, a suspension wasn't warranted there because he wasn't even playing. So he got the ten k fine. 
Uh, mate, I would have been happy with two weeks and a fine, uh, a bit of education for Marcelo and, and maybe the team as a whole and maybe a bit of community service for Marcelo in the LGBT community. Uh, I think that probably would have been sufficient. Uh, but the NRL have drawn the line in the sand with it, so you'd have to assume that anything that, that, that is along these lines um, would, would get the same punishment. The interesting one for me, uh, and I don't like to throw stones at blokes, but I'm going to, is um, we played the Tigers a few weeks back and CHT lay down to try and get that penalty. Um, you could see Seafarth was furious with him, and he actually mouthed the exact same word to CHT. But it wasn't picked up by the mic, game mic, so there was no punishment um, for Alex Seafarth. So, um, yeah, I don't know, mate. I, um, I I think it was a bit rough, and let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Moving, moving swiftly on to the next yeah. discussion point, and I think we need to talk about Sean Johnson's influence. And we spoke about Sean last week and how he had that calming effect on the younger players. And it was really good to see him continue to step up and be the man to take that shot at field goal. Shows his true leadership qualities, as you could see him in the huddle there in Golden Point, like laying, laying down the law and yeah, you know, just using some of his experience. Um, he was he was uh, he's very good on the field, particularly vocal on the field, I should say, particularly in that huddle and during extra time. Defensively, he was very good again. Uh, made some great contact. He made twenty tackles. Um, as we have mentioned, though, the one blemish is that long cutout ball that he continues to want to throw, and it's a pretty easy read for the defenders. And I'd, I'd like to see him um, set up a bit better and dummy the cutout, which will then have the outside defenders rushing up and can find someone like Walshy off his hip. Yeah, so, I agree, mate. Um, I think, you know, um, as uh, Ruben um, alluded to before, I think as him and Walsh play a little bit more footy together, I think we're going to see a lot more creativity uh, from the pair of them. Uh, and we will speak about our spine in a in a minute, uh, mate. Defense wins games. Uh, we said that last. Uh, equal is impressive this week again. We didn't panic in our defense. We didn't have line speed, and that was a concern. And the Cowboys did make a lot of meters, um, you know, moving upfield. But but in that in that ten meter area off our goal line, we were very very good again. Um, our defense was rock solid, particularly on our own line. We scrambled well. And with being honest, the, the tries that they did score were pretty soft. Um, that we, you know, in the words of Toddy Payton, we kind of gift wrapped for them. Especially, you know, the uh, the drink water try was quite easy. The Dearden try was an easy one. Um, the defense of our outside backs, yeah, particularly Montoya, was excellent. Two goals, um, which you know, Curran and, and uh, Aiden uh, were very, very good defensively. Yes, they were absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, Aiken had a. Fantastic all-round game, and Joshy recovered from a couple of um, poor early misses there as well. Yep. Um, and the spine of Walsh, uh, Johnson, and Egan is starting to click as well, which is great. Uh, Egan had a had a good game as well. Uh, yep. Player of the match, we went with a lot of you guys have mentioned him already. Chanel Harris Tavita, arguably his best game in a Warriors jersey. He played with patience, maturity, and a lot of energy. He was great in both facets of the game, defensively, as always, as we know he is. Fantastic defender. And he, he some some great uh, pass selection and great kick meters as well. Mate, I, I think he's really relishing the fact that um, playing the six with Sean controlling 
uh, the game. Uh, as he said, he's playing with patience and maturity. He's playing with a lot of energy. He does have to worry about making decisions and directing the, the team around the park. And last year, he was doing that. Um, you know, even when Cody was playing, because Cody wasn't – it was like we had two two five eights out there and no halfback. Uh, not a true halfback that's running on the show. And CHK can just play his natural game. Um and he's really benefiting from it. Uh, people, you know, you've got to remember he was the understudy to Sean um, back in 2018. And, and then it wasn't until Sean left at the end of 2018 where CHT got to first grade uh, in 2019. So this is, um, you know, it's his first time playing with Sean. It's Walsh's time playing with Sean. Uh, Egan's first time playing with Sean as well. So it's a, it's a really new spine. And, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from our spine. I think um, they're really starting time well. Uh, and we'll talk about this week's game a little bit later, but, you know, this is the big test for us coming up against a, you know, a hardened top eight side in the Roosters. But, uh, yeah, Chanel was outstanding. Um, we gave our point L3, Ewan Aiken 2, Josh Curran 1. Um, so our leaderboard uh, for our Torious Player of the Season looks like this with um, Josh Curran out in front on nine points, Adam Fanua Blake on seven, and Chanel on four. Um, mate, let's go around the grounds and have a look at what happened in the NRL this week. Well, let's do that. Let's go back to Thursday night last week and we had the Knights versus Sea Eagles um, there at Newcastle. Uh, 30 points to six. The Man- uh, Manly getting the job done over the Knights. The Knights' six points came from Ponga. Ponga try, Clifford one from one. Sea Eagles, Davey, Harper, Lawton, Olakalatu and Paseka with tries. Garrett kicking five from six. Absolutely terrible conditions didn't help the ball handling at all from both sides. Uh, both teams completing uh, about 70%. And Manly with the two tries in the first half. The Knights scored early in the second half. And it was a much truer reflection of the game than the final 19 minutes. So it was a pretty even contest up until the final 10 where um, Manly obviously blew the score out with three tries in the final 10. All from well-placed grubber kicks close to the line. Uh, well, a nice kick from Dylan Walker as well. I'm sure most of us noticed that. Yep. Um, yeah, Caelan Ponga, he, he does look to be struggling with injury and and maybe a bit of off-field stuff as well, getting into his head a little bit, as, as we saw in the press conference. Um, but he's far from his electrifying best. If the Knights are going to be any chance of playing finals footy this year, they need Ponga fit and firing and to be way more involved in the play than, I guess, what he's produced so far. Um the score indicates it was Manly with a solid win without Tommy Turbo. Uh, I still have doubts about their premiership credentials, though, without the man Turbo. And um, Manly will be hoping that they can put to bed that myth that they just can't get the job done without him. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of comments I want to respond to. Uh, Mark Roberts says, I don't want to be devil's advocate, but we'll CHT dropping form when he's got in the contract. It's happened before with other Warriors players. Yeah, it has. I don't know, mate. I'd, I'd like to think not. Um, I think this is a side that, that really suits CHP's play style. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Rin says that his defence is is massive for a six, and it is. And hopefully it can keep in three, but that's probably one of the things. He reminds me a lot like uh, some of you guys might remember him, uh, Lincoln Withers, who was a really small um, halfback that played at Canberra and then the Tigers. And he was the same kind of thing. He, he took on a lot of bigger guys in defence and he ended up damaging his shoulders to the point where he couldn't play anymore. Um, so, yeah, those grass cutting uh, tackles and shoulder shoulder tackles and everything on the big forwards. Yeah. Christian says, I was a big fan of CHT and CJ, uh, SJ possibly pairing up in the halves in the offseason. Hopefully, it remains long term for the rest of the year. 
I'm going to call you out, bro. I remember a video you did. You said Sean Johnson and Ash Taylor were your halves pairing for the year. So um, I'm calling you out on that, mate. I, I've got a memory like an elephant. I remember everything <laughs> people will say. Um, Ruben says, oh, yeah, he bullied the Safidi brothers. He did. He was outstanding. Um, and Manly really, you know, uh, welcomed him back. Um, uh, you know, there's talk that um, Marty Tapao is going to leave at the end of this year. So, um, you know, uh, Laurier is going to be that that go-to guy, him and Paseca in the in the fray for Manly. Uh, Stardom has gone to Ponga's head. I don't think it's Stardom, bro. I think he's injured. Um, really think he's injured and he's playing. Yeah, yeah, and he's playing injured, which yeah, is causing him to be a little bit gun-shy uh, and the, the Knights aren't getting the best out of him. But, you know, I mean, what do they do? Do they, do they rest him and uh, bring the sex boy back up um, <laughs> and, and, you know, hope that they get some results? Or do they keep Ponga on the field and, you know, try and hope that, um, that uh, you know, they, they can get results with him there? Plays himself back into form, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, mate, uh, we were the first Friday night game. I've already touched on that. Um, the second Friday night game was the Broncos and the Roosters. Um, the goes 20. Uh, Corey Oates, three tries. Stags a try. Reynolds, two from four goals for the Roosters. Joey Manu, two, two tries. Walker, Tupanua tries. Walker, three from three. Momorowski, one from one. Uh, mate, the Broncos playing a more confident style of footy uh, really had the Roosters under the pump. There was a different Broncos team than the team that we came up against the week before. Uh, and like I said, I think it's the fact that they'll play, they'll back playing on a Friday night at home. Uh, they're not used to playing in the sunshine. They don't like <laughs> That's anything. right. It's their sweet spot, Friday night lights. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, first half tries to Oates and Stags and some great defence had the Broncos going to the break 10 nil up. Uh, as expected, though, you know, probably halftime was the worst thing that happened for the Broncos because that allows, you know, uh, Trent Robinson to, to get in there and, and get to his men. Uh, the Roosters came out fired up in that second half uh, and two tries to Walker and Manu put them in the lead at the 55th minute. Well, Joey knew. Once again, proving he is the best centre in the game. Uh, daylight second. People rave about Katoni Staggs, but Joey Manu, best centre of the game, hands down. Uh, Corey Oates got himself a hat-trick. Um, but late tries Manu for his double, his second in two weeks, and, and Tupanua killed the win for the Roosters. Um, thank you to Satili Tupanua, riding him all game. I was just going to say, that Tupanua try was good for you, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, mate. I had a, had a little multi of Josh coming into Tupanua. Um, so, yeah, uh, which was a, a nice little windfall for me. So, um, yeah, good win by the Chooks. Exactly. Uh, first game on the Saturday, we had the Raiders versus the Storm. Raiders 16, tries to Valame and Cottridge and Schneider, four from four. And Storm 30. Two tries to Hughes, to Grant, one to Grant, Pappenhausen and Ollum. Pappenhausen, five from five. Um, this Raiders home game was taken to McDonald's Park in, sorry, McDonald Park in Wagga Wagga. And it's a great initiative, again, by the NRL, taking games to these regional areas. Melbourne really starting to get back to their best and another dominant performance early in the first half, particularly from their spine. And the Raiders, they started to make some metres and trouble the Storm's defence, particularly when Tom Starling um, started running out from dummy half at tired defenders. He's a handful, that little bloke. Yep. Um, Canberra looked good with the ball in hand, though, and um, were able to make good metres. And with every use of the ball that they did have, but they, they had poor completion rate and it stopped them from building any real pressure on the Storm. And as we know, when you're playing Storm, that's some, one thing you really need to do is you know, keep the pressure on 
And the Storm, obviously, consistent as ever, completing over 80%, and they're always going to be hard to beat. Uh, big Nelson Asofa Solomona uh, supporting uh, sporting a blue and orange hairdo in honour of Bella, the 14-year-old uh, daughter of Melbourne's chairman who sadly passed away on Friday after a battle with leukaemia. Yeah, he came under a bit of um, controversy early on, like people going, oh, why has he done that to his hair? And then when he explained it, it, it uh, was a really touching moment. Um, he had her do like a, a template, I, I think he was saying, and then he said whatever she does, he's going to put on his hair for the game. And, yeah, she sadly passed away on Friday and, um, you know, uh, Big Nass did that on Saturday as to honour her. So that was uh, that was really lovely from the big fella. Yeah. The next game was the uh, the Rabbits versus the Dragons. The Rabbits 24. Uh, Mitchell, Kolomatangi, Graham, and a one-time warrior, Tane Milne, tries. Uh, Mitchell, none from one. Blake Tuff, four from four goals. For the Dragons, Moses Mbate and Aiden tries. Lomax, one from one. Bird, one from one. Um, mate, the the, dra- the Rabbits, Rabbitohs opened up the scoring in the opening five minutes with um, Damian Cook. Opening up the Dragons' middle third defence. Did you know he was a beach sprinter at some point too? I'm not sure if that's ever I, been said. I think I heard place. that somewhere around the traps, but it's never been yeah. confirmed. So, yeah. Okay. Hard to um, say, you know. Mate, the Dragons with the worst defensive record in the competition, um, particularly in the field. The Rabbitohs lost Latrell Mitchell in the first half to an injury, which didn't look like much at the time when he went down. Uh, it's now been confirmed a hamstring injury. is out for eight weeks, so... Um, what a shame he's not going to be there at Magic Round. Um, some fundamental errors by the Rabbits kept the Dragons in the contest, but the Dragons really not offering up to uh, The Rabbits continued their up and down form. Dragons unable to, to score first in the second half. Were able to score first in the second half, sorry. Cody Walker, uh, once with poor involvement and hardly noticed. Um, good to see the young guys, uh, Lachlan Ilias and, and Blake Tuff, like stepping up and controlling the play for the for the Rabbits, um, South's got the result, but they're, they're far from convincing and well below their best. And the score certainly doesn't give an indication of how close this game actually was. Yes, 100%. And then we moved on to the final game of Super Saturday. What an entertaining match it was between the Titans and the Eels yeah. at the Gold Coast. Titans 20, tries to Sammy, Clark, Fafita and Mazu in Sexy Sexton, two from four. And the Eels 26, Gutho with a double, Simonson, Madison and Brown with the tries, Moses three from five. It was strange that these two teams, they met for the second time in five weeks, uh, that played obviously played together, played each other in round one. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. So what a game of footy it was. The first 20 minutes was very even. The Titans matching the Eels for intensity. Well, the Eels, they then started to shift the momentum. So 67% possession in the first half and an 80% completion rate. Um, it really had the Eels building that pressure on the Titans, and the Titans were doing well to only be down by three tries at halftime. Uh, losing outside backs to injuries and HIAs, all of the Parramatta starting pack played the opening 40 minutes, and all of them ran for over 100 metres in the first half. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard with a mammoth 180 in the first half alone, and he ended up with final figures of 241 metres. Um, the Eels with eight players running for over 100 metres in comparison to the Titans with only five. Titans' second try, controversial with the, with the uh, well-publicised deliberate penalty given away by the Titans just so they could challenge and get the earlier uh, 
and get an earlier holding back in the play reviewed. And could this this could and has the potential to become a real problem in the NRL. Um, yeah, Jun- Junior Paulo, he was sin bin though for heavy shot on AJ Brimson. He gave the Titans a chance with 15 minutes to go. Fafita finally, with an absolute beast of a try, um, his rage gauge was up was up full and he gave the Titans a, a sniff of victory. A sniff of victory. But Dylan Brown try was enough to get the Eels home. And, uh, mate, the biggest hit of the night, though, was from the security guard on the streaker. Yeah, the Titans should sign him up. <laughs> he, uh, that was a great hit. Um, yeah, a couple of things out of this game. Um, David Fafita, uh, I loved how the commentator started sucking his dick as soon as he, he had that one run. He's had one run in five games and they're carrying on like he's the best thing sliced bread again. Uh, Junior Paulo, or as um, Greg Alexander and Braith him, Junior Paulo. Um, <laughs> Sinbin for a heavy shot on Brimson that, that really had no uh, reason to be Sinbin. It was, a, it was just a good shot. There was no contact to the head. There was nothing. And what if there was, was excessive con- force, remember? The excessive force penalty. Well, <laughs> they, they Sinbin him for, for uh, coming in contact with the head, but then Brimson doesn't go off for HIA. So how does that work? Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah weird. Um, but, yeah, the captain's thing. Deliberately giving away a penalty to challenge a previous missed altercation. Yeah, that, that has the the uh, implications to be a big problem for um, for the refs moving forward. And they have said, oh, if, if players do it and they lose the challenge, then they're going to be sin bid. So, um, interesting one. I'll leave it to the refs. Yep. Um, mate, the next game on Sunday, uh, the Sharks... Uh, 30 uh, over the Tigers for the Sharks. Tries to Sione Katoa 2, uh, Britton Nikora, uh, Nikora, Ronaldo Molotalo, your mate Prejack. Prejack uh, Ramian yeah. Kennedy all tries. Hines 3 from 6 um, for the Tigers. Uh, a late intercept try by uh, big Kenny Mamalo uh, and Brooks failed to convert. Um, mate, both teams made one change to the the teams uh, named on Tuesday, the Sharks, Bryce Hunt on the bench for Braden Trindle and the Tigers brought uh, Stafford Tower into the centres for Jimmy the Jet. Um, mate, the Tigers, they're just a team that are just struggling now. They're now going 0-5 to start the season. And with games against the Eels, Rabbits and Seagulls in the next four weeks, there's a possibility that they could be 0-9 heading to the um, yeah. Craig Fitzgibbon, he's got those Sharks playing a really Really confident enterprise style of footy. I picked them at the beginning of the year to make the eight. I would ha- has I would change my. I know it's only five rounds in, but I would say they're they're on target to be top a top four, four side this year. Definitely looking like that. Uh, Nico Hines really from the team around the park. And when you consider this is a guy who's never played halfback uh, to be doing what he's doing with the Sharks team, uh, just a special talent. Um, Sharks wingers Katara and Prejack, two wingers who could find the line. Can't he carry uh, really on? Really... Can't he carry on? Yeah, <laughs> even when even when it's a no try, he carries on. <laughs> <laughs> They're really relishing playing on the end of that Sharks back line, and there was no streakers at this game. Instead, we had pitch invaders. There was uh, a guy who ran on and tackled the security guard. Uh, another guy in the foreground of that shot who was in a Sharks jersey, wandering around like a pissed fool. He got walked off, and then you had the the pitching. Invader with a flair who has since been jailed for three months. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I don't think it's for the pitch invasion. He was outside the Shark Park with a flare as well. Uh, and oh, it's a really separate matter. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, interesting. I don't know what's going on in NRL last week with pitch invaders. I don't know what it's going to be this week. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, Sharky's going really, really good. Yes, they certainly are. And rounding out the round, we had the Bulldogs versus the Panthers. And it was the Bulldogs 12, across the Pangai Jr. and Stimson and Scarecrow with two conversions. Yep. And Panthers 32. May Edwards, Martin, Leniu and Kenny tries. And the Cyborg back, kicking six from six. Panthers, mate, they were far from their best in this game, but they were still way too good for the Bulldogs. Panthers forward pack, just so dominant and mobile, and they provide such good go forward for the Cyborg and Luai, and they just play off the back of that. Uh, Flanagan, um, under a huge amount of pressure during the week, um, I thought he did stand up, and he did have a decent crack, and the Bulldogs did look um, a bit better, and they had some pro- like a proper half directing them around, yep. which was encouraging for them and for him and for his confidence. Um, it was their handling and ball security, though, that just constantly let them down. Matt Dufty, geez, uh, very disappointing. One run for two metres in the first half and then seven runs for 49 metres to finish the game for a fullback's woeful. Yeah. And he needs to get involved and has to get his hands on the ball and he has to take on that line. Um, Penrith outside backs, so they're just full of confidence, the, the young blokes there, and they, they play great eyes-up footy. And Ivan, our good mate Ivan, doing a fantastic job of bringing them through into first grade. Yeah, absolutely. No, no one's done better with um, young bringing young post grade than Ivan Cleary. He he was very good at doing that at the Warriors. Uh, brought a lot of young guys through in his um, tenure at the Warriors, and uh, his same thing at the at the Panthers and reaping the rewards. Um, do have a massive nursery of talented players out there, uh, and you know, yeah, you're right. The the score doesn't indicate the the Panthers really should have put sixty on the the Bulldogs. Um, but, you know, maybe Ivan and, and uh, Nathan were a bit too busy counting the money for their contracts. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. I thought Kyle Flanagan, uh, under immense pressure, really stood up. Uh, you know, we had him as a bit of a punching bag here last year. Um, but, you know, I was really happy to see the kid um, stand up and control of that Bulldogs team. I really hope that um, Zoolander keeps him in that position for uh, a little while longer. Um, but, yeah, let's look at the ladder after round five, mate. Uh, and you know, Panthers, the only undefeated team after five rounds, leading the comp. Uh, Sean, Sean asks, when will Penrith's first loss come this season? Well, whenever we play, whenever we play them. Yeah, Andy Peake says that. Warriors in June. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. The Sharks move into second place. Uh, they've got a really tough assignment this week uh, up mm. against the Storm. Uh, so one of those two sides will obviously uh, jump ahead of the other this week. Um, and the Storm and the Eels make up that top four. The Warriors holding on to seven spot two points clear of six teams on four competition points including the cowboys rabbits and raiders um the bulldogs and dragons on two points the dragons now with 12 losses from this 14 game uh their two wins in that period us and i'm going to talk about them in a little bit uh hapless tigers uh are now zero and five um where i expected them to be at the bottom of the table i didn't expect them to be zero and five um their first win seems like it's going to be ages away. And I really feel, feel for my Tigers mates um, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, me too. Like, some, yeah. some, some of me's laughing, but others, yeah, it must be hard. Um, yeah, no, it's a hard slog. It is for sure. All right, mate. Um, time for Ruse Brandt. What do you got this week? Yeah, mate. Um, 
Oh, it's probably a bit of a mixed rant this week, um, but I'm going to call my ruse rant. The Heritage jersey, a thing of beauty. Oh, um, yes. Obviously, as we have seen this week, um, the Warriors have released that 2002-themed Heritage jersey to wear against the Roosters this Sunday. So, obviously, 20 years since the 2002 grand final. Um, yeah, I mean, you see that jersey and it instantly brings back such awesome memories of that period. Like that was the golden age of the Warriors. Um, yeah, obviously the 2001 season that, that set up the brilliance of 2002. Um, this is what a, this is what a heritage Jersey should be for me. It should be a throwback to the history of the club. I know we've done some heritage jerseys over the years that have focused uh, on sort of um, like, more, more, yeah, more Maori culture or New Zealand themes. Like we have that flag jersey. We've had the Ponamu. We've had the wood carving one and these sort of things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. they're great. They Kete, look great everything. The, the, the Kete jersey. Kete, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And but to me, like, that's not really I – mean, it might be a, a nod to the heritage of the country. But a lot of us – I mean, obviously, you know, not all of us uh, worry supporters are Kiwis. So, Correct. um you know, we like to look back on something that's distinctly Warriors, and that's why we always loved it when they did a 1995-style throwback jersey. But now that that's basically our main jersey, we get to throw back to this beauty. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to still have uh, my original 2002 Puma jersey. And I've got to say they've done – Puma have done a fantastic job with this remake. It's got sort of a modern a modern twist on it yep. as well. Uh, the, the one thing – a lot of quite a few people have brought this up, but it would be nice to have a collar. Because we see the Roosters are also wearing a heritage jersey for from O2, and theirs does have a collar. It's um, yeah, good. it's good. It's, Something for us to grab onto. Exactly. <laughs> so we can give them a good, good yeah. uh, yank around the collar. But um, yeah. Other than that, so happy with it. Um, I put my order in last night to get one. Can't wait to start repping it. Um, you know, and another thing I'll say is people in the past have complained that the Warriors have had too many jerseys. So you get that usual. Or more jerseys than wins, you know, that kind of thing, cliche. Um, so then the club cuts back and does, like, less jerseys. And then people will complain that there's there's no Anzac jersey or there's no this jersey or there's no that jersey. So, I mean, you can't win really in that situation. No. no. But, but I have to say um, I was just wrapped when I did hear that it was going to be 2002. I, I had a feeling it might be because obviously the 20 years are, are here and as campo as campo posted uh on the post there no celebrating here boys <laughs> i was like yeah i mean i mean it's as much as it was a fantastic season we all do look back on it with a tinge of yeah i don't know if rob's dropped out or if i've dropped out um i would say Rob's dropped out. Okay, so we'll keep on keeping on. Um, I am going to head into uh, my Hammersock topic. I, I just want to say in, rega in regards to that, uh, yeah, Rob, bro. Um, I do want to say in relation to that um, Heritage jersey, it was great to see uh, a lot of the players on um, Instagram. A lot of the ex-players have really embraced the uh, that Heritage jersey jersey that they've bought out um it, it is a great looking jersey um i'm going to get into my hammers hot topic uh and tonight um i want to briefly talk about the dragons um so 
Um, I, I kind of want to ask the question, what is going on? And I know Brad will be happy because Brad hates the Dragons. So, uh, but last season after the infamous weekend at Vaughnies, the, that the team celebration following that come from behind 1980-18 victory over us, another game we should never have lost. Uh, in, and in the words of TP, we gift-wrapped that game and handed it to them. The, the Dragons then went on a win, winless over eight rounds, uh, eight the final eight rounds of the competition. Um, during the off-season, they lost players such as, as Vaughan and Dufty, who I'm not saying are great players, um, but they replaced them with guys like Woods and, and Moses Umbai, who were rejects from their other clubs. You know, Moses Umbai couldn't get a, a start at the Tigers, so that kind of tells you one thing. Uh, and they also re-signed Coach Anthony Griffin to another couple of years before a book. Welcome back, mate. I'm back. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was right at the end of right at the end of my uh, right at the end of my rant, but that's okay. I think I got out everything I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going through my hammer's hot topic on the Dragons, mate. Um, they also re-signed Coach Anthony Griffin to another couple of years uh, before a ball was even kicked uh, this year, and. and this season, they're sitting at one and four. Their only win coming once again against us in a game that we led, what, 16-14 or something uh, that we really should have gone yeah. on with. And I've harped on it before, but, you know, Dallin with his broken finger, they pass the ball to him. He dropped the ball with the line wide open. Could have been, you know, a, another sequence, 22-14, and who knows what happens in that game. Anyway, we all joke about the Tigers and how inept their back of house is uh, and, and how inept their back of house must be with their poor recruitment and retention. But for me, the Dragons are almost in an identical situation. You take Ben Hunt out of that team and they've been stru- they'd be struggling worse than the Tigers are. Griffin's team selections, are- he, he, he puts Umbai at fullback, takes out a like Tyrell Sloan uh, and says that he needs to, you know, give him time to develop um, in the lower grades, but then has him on an extended bench and he can't play in the lower grades. Um, they've bought uh, Talato Amone out of 5'8". They've moved Jack Bird, who's not a 5'8", into 5'8". Um, let's not forget this is a coach that when he coached at Penrith, uh, and, and Brad will uh, disagree with me, but when he coached at Penrith, he was sacked when they were sitting fourth and four weeks away from the 2018 finals because uh, one of the best brains in footy, Phil Gould, identified that Griffin wasn't the man to bring the Panthers a premiership. Now, hindsight's a great thing. And he's proven himself right. They brought in Ivan Cleary and he's won the premiership. Brad will tell you that they got rid of him to bring in Ivan Cleary because they wanted to keep Nathan Cleary. Uh, and that's probably part of it as well. But you don't sack a coach four weeks out from the semifinals um, if, if, and, and your team's sitting fourth if you don't see issues and problems. Um, the Dragons, they're now stuck with a coach that, that if they want to get rid of him, they need to pay him out. And I think... Uh, the figures are something like 500,000. Yeah, close yeah. to 475,000, I think, yeah. Yep. Uh, and they've got an underperforming roster of NRL rejects. Um, and this whole situation is pretty identical. <laughs> I do know it's true, Brad. This whole situation is identical to what the Tigers have had to endure with their poor back-of-house decisions for years. They had, they had coaches that were still on the on the payroll that were coaching at other clubs have had players that were on the payroll playing at other clubs. They're now only starting to clear that out, but they're still a basket case in the club and the dragons are going to be the next club that, that follows suit. Um, however, uh, dragons fans, um, you can all look forward to your next win, which will come in round 11 uh, when they play us at net started stadium uh, <laughs> the week after magic round. Um, 
<laughs> well, they don't seem to be able to beat anyone else. So look, yeah. they get the law of averages says that they're going to have to get a win. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Shall we? Shall we look at the do our round six preview? And we'll take a look at our team that's been yeah, named yeah. to line up against the Roosters at the Sydney Cricket Ground there on yep. Sunday. At fullback, we have Reese Walsh, and we're welcoming 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 back Dallin Watini Zelezniak on one wing and Ed Cozy on the other. Jesse Arthurs and Adam Pompey in the centres. Chanel Harris Tavita and Sean Johnson are the halves. Adam Fanua Blake, Wade Egan, and Matt Lodge in the front row. Second row is Ewan Aitken, Bailey Sirenin, and Josh Curran at lock. And on the bench, we have Cody Nikorima, Bunty Afoa, Aaron Pene, and Elias Katoa. Extended bench, Otokolo, Valea, Pedersen, Rabati, excuse me, uh, Berry, Kepu, Ratuva, and Kepu. Yeah, force changes, mate, with Montoya out. Um, DWZ. Straight back into the 17. Um, Adam Fanua Blake, uh, back named in the run on side, as we remember, was on the extended bench last week and uh, a late inclusion. Uh, that forced uh, Bunty to be named on the, the interchange. The merch not named this week, it's a strange one because he's not even on the extended bench. So I'm not sure um, if he's injured or what the go is there, but Eli Katawa comes back onto that interchange bench. Um, both Rocco Berry and Viliami Valea named on the extended bench and both the Kepu twins named on the extended bench as well. Um, how long till Torhu is expected back? Mate, I would say anyway. Now, they were saying um, at the beginning of the season, they were saying round 10. Torhu said round 7. We're heading into round 6 now. Torhu back in New Zealand at the moment. Um, he went back with uh, Cam George and... Um, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Mark uh, Mark Robinson uh, oh, for right. a press conference regarding the the homecoming uh, in July against the Tots. So, yeah, um, I'm expecting uh, Torhu hopefully will be named on an extended bench next week and given every opportunity to play against Melbourne in the Anzac game. Uh, any intel about us signing or poaching Arthur's from the Broncos? Nothing yet except for the fact they want to. Uh, they definitely want to tie him up. Spoke to a couple of guys on the weekend, and and that's there's talks going on now. And the the good thing is that Arthur's wants to stay at the Warriors. He's he's enjoying his time there. Uh, he is uh, from New Zealand. He is part Maori, so uh, he'd be really keen to get back to New Zealand. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully that all works out for us, uh, mate. What do you think of the team? Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Like we, we're starting to build some continuity there. And as we said earlier, it'd be great for the spine to get more time together to continue to develop that combination. Um, I'm not sold on Pompey as a centre, and I wouldn't mind, you know, if you mentioned before Berry and Valea on the bench as well. Who knows? Maybe one of those guys might be a chance of a late call up. He, as we said, he didn't have the greatest game on last Friday. No, Other well, well that, both, both those guys, both those guys missed out. Uh, on their selections, obviously, um, one was injured and the other one had a virus. So that, that's why they were actually from the the team and uh, Pompey was brought in. So, yeah, they're, I mean, if they're fit and they were Brownie's first choice at the beginning of the year, let's look, Pompey had a good game against the Broncos, but against the Cowboys, he was not, he did not feature. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a, yeah, unfortunately, the only thing we remembered, uh, main thing we remembered about his game was that error. 
Yeah. Um, great to great to have Dallin back as well. Great fella. We've had a lot of chats with him over the past couple of weeks. Yep. And he's keen, chomping at the bit to to get back into the side. So he's a, a ready-made replacement there for um, Hectic Montoya. Yep. He'll be taking a month off. Um, great to have him back in the side as well. But other than that, it's it's pretty much the same team that's played the last few weeks, which is great. Yeah, mate. Yeah, and like you said, um, it's great that our spine gets to play a little bit of, of uh, you know more games together. Last year uh, and and twenty twenty as well. You know when we went through these and we've loaned players and injuries and so we we were very we struggled to name the same team week in week out. Um, pretty much Brown been able to to pretty much name an un, unchanged side for three weeks now, and it's no surprise that we've had three wins. Um, you know there's. They get used to playing with the guy inside them and the guy outside them and, you know, the, the spine get you playing together and, and combining. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, I think it's a good says uh, he noticed the stop in momentum when AFB and Lodge were off. Um, I We made the comment last week because in the, in the Cowboys, uh, sorry, in the Broncos game, Brownie made sure that one of those guys was always on yeah. the field at, at a, you know, during the game. And then we noticed on... Uh, on Friday night, there was a period of the game and a good period of the game where those two guys were both sitting on the bench together. Um, I th- yeah, he's got to get his forward rotation right. He's got to make sure that that one of those guys on the field at the, the like all the time. Adam Adam can play a forty minute stint that fir- first forty minute stint. No came off pretty early in that first half. He was filthy when he came off too, and he knew that he hadn't played well. And I think he was pulled. Um, not because he was tired, but because he was forming, and it gave Brownie a chance to chat to him over the the two way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I see Adam coming off, uh, like uh, Lodgy coming off maybe 20, 25 minutes. Bring Bunty on for that fifteen minutes of the back end of the first half. Um, Adam can play through to half time, and then you know uh, uh, you work Aaron Penne in there as well where you can. Uh, you know, maybe you bring off uh, Sirenin or, or Aitken, you push Curran to an edge and you bring uh, Aaron Penne on or, or something to affect so he can play in the middle. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to second this. Brownie is the coach and he, he knows his players better than I do. I'm just some crazy guy that sits in the stand and gets his face off the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, As As we mentioned before, it is the 20 years uh, – 20-year anniversary of the 2002 Grand Final where we took on the Roosters. And I, uh, we all know what I think about the jersey, mate. What are your thoughts on the uh, Heritage love jersey? It. I, I love it. It's this Heritage jersey that I'm wearing, which is from 2016. 16, yep. Yeah, 2016 Heritage jersey. Um, always, it's never going to be as good as the original. Um, but I think they've done a job in uh, what they've reproduced for this. Uh, fantastic. Um, I hope the result is different to yeah, the reverse the result. O2, yeah. yeah, the reverse result. I think it's great that the Roosters jumped on board too because it is a Roosters home game, so they had a right to wear their blue jersey and say, no, nah, fuck you, we, we're not going to honor that. But uh, and and they've played in you know quite a few grand finals, the Roosters, so, so you know, um, to, to be uh honoring. That 2002 Grand Final as well, which was, you know, a win for them, obviously, uh, is really great by Roosters as well. Um, their, their Heritage jersey looks great as well. 
the, the white version that they wore in that grand final. But, yeah, mate, I, I think it's great. Um, I, I have great memories of, of this jersey. Uh, it, it's from a period of 2001 through to 2003 when we had some great, great success at the club, you know, Semi-finals in 01, um, grand final in 02, uh, game before grand final in 03, where we got knocked out by Penrith. That Penrith game, the, the Cronulla game in, in 02, the uh, prelim. Johnny Carlaw. Johnny Carlaw, Clinton Torpy, um, the, the iconic images of uh, Tooks and, and Jerry Seuss yeah. here, uh, arms yeah. up to the crowd. Um, yeah, mate, it, it, it stirs up a lot of great memories and... and it's been really good to see um, guys like uh, Monty Beatham and Justin Murphy uh, on social media, uh, Clinton Torpy, Henry Farley, reposting uh, images of that that jersey, that team that day. Uh, and just on us, mate, um, it's you look at that team photo from 2002, that grand final, we've, we've actually spoken on the show to seven of those grand final players. Very fortunate. I was just going to say, yeah, we, we've spoken to, yeah, well, seven of those guys, and they all have such great memories of that year. And then whenever yeah. they see us wearing the jersey, they say that jersey brings back such great memories, and that's what's so good about it. Absolutely. And, and you know, we've made connections with, with other guys such as Morgs and, and Monty himself, Henry Farfilly, who we haven't had on yet, um, but Hoping. are all yeah. very keen, yeah, very keen to jump on for a bit of a chat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the goal would be to, if we could interview all seven of the guys that played that day, that would be uh, pretty awesome because the seven that we have interviewed um, all have very different um, personal memories and feelings about that day, and it's really great to to give them that platform to be able to chat about it. Um, and seeing that jersey kind of takes me back to some of those chats we've had, you know, with guys like Campo and Tooks. Um, Justin Murphy was one of the first of the O2 that came on. Um, Clinton Torpy, uh, Stacey himself. Uh, we've been very, very fortunate. I remember, I remember Ivan Cleary saying when he was lining up the conversion for Stacey's try. Remember, he said, um, "Oh, every grand final that I've ever watched has been really close, so we might be in with a shot this one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still, the funniest guy I've ever interviewed. And he was he's hilarious, eh? Hey? Yeah. He was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, let's get into the. Uh... Round six yeah, preview, let's mate. do it, mate. So Thursday night, we have the Raiders versus the Cowboys um, in Canberra. Raiders, Ricky is named a virtually unchanged side. Ryan Sutton named at lock. Xavier Savage named on the bench. Presumably a cover for Matt Tomoko, who's under an injury cloud. Still no Jared Croker. Interesting there. And for Toddy's Cowboys, Cohen Hess returns. And no other changes made by Toddy. Uh, Riley Price, son of the great man, uh, close to an NRL debut. Uh, named on the extended bench. We saw him on Friday, didn't we? We did. No idea who we were when we were pointing at him. Yeah. It's Pricey's boy. He looks more like T than Pricey, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Raiders, Raiders in a close one for mine. Yeah, mate. Interesting, um, like you said, no Jared Croker. We all know Jared Croker's going to play round eight. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah. And score a, a treble, uh, as is his thing when he plays the Warriors. <laughs> no, he, could, he could play against us for a living. There's a, there's a number of guys like that. Kyle Felt, him. Yeah. Like, oh, jeez. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'd like to say the, the Cowboys. Um, they'll need to fix up a, a few things in their game. 
team if they're going to get the win. Um, I I think the Raiders at home, uh, but yeah, one to twelve. Uh, mate, the next game, first game on Friday night, the Rabbits versus the Bulldogs. Um, the Rabbits, the big out is Latrell Mitchell out injured. He moves straight into that fullback role, uh, and he'll hold that now for the next eight weeks at least. Uh, and big hump Saleh um, on the interchange bench. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Zoolander has stuck solid with his misfiring squad. Um, Matt Dufty's got to be close to being dropped. Uh, I see uh, Kyle Flanagan holding on to that halfback spot. Uh, hopefully him directing the, the team around Burton a little bit more of a license to play his natural kind of game. Um, yeah, I, I would say even without Latrell Mitchell, this is going to be rabbits by a shitload. Uh, call me crazy. I think this one might be actually a lot closer than we think. I'm still going to pick the rabbits, but I think it, I think it'll be yeah, close one, one to, one to twelve for me. Uh, moving on to the second Friday night game, uh, Panthers versus the Broncos. And Panthers, as expected, no changes for the reigning premiers. And Broncos, Payne Haas, as we mentioned before, suspended for one week. And uh, Keenan Palacia, uh, the man to take his spot. Reese Kennedy comes onto the bench as well. Uh, can't see anything other than a big Panthers win here again. I think they'll march on. Yeah, um, the NRL doing everything they can to make sure that the Broncos can continue playing on Friday nights. <laughs> Um, they've worked out they don't like the daylight, so uh, yeah. Um, yeah, traveling to Penrith, oh, mate, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Penrith and 13 plus. Yeah, uh, only two games on the Saturday this week because the Easter weekend. Uh, the first game is the Sea Eagles versus the Titans for the Sea Eagles. Young, uh, cooler named in the centers, it was a late withdrawal last week, uh, which uh, had a bit of a um, reshuffle. Um, our mate Reese Feldman, Morgan Harper, not named. Um, oh. Christian Tuipolotto, uh, named on the wing. He's a, he's a big, big unit on the wing. I was surprised he didn't get much game time last year. I, I think he's, um, yeah, he's going to be there a little while. Uh, no forward, no change to their forwards or their bench. Josh Alloyer, awesome last week for them. Uh, for the Titans, Justin Holbrook st- sticks solid with the same team, except for Brian Kelly, who comes back from injury, <coughs> which has pushed. Uh, Philip Sami to the wing. Uh, Paul Turner, named on the extended bench with Kevin Proctor and uh, Corey Thompson. Uh, mate, I think this will be closer than a lot of people think. Uh, I'm going to pick the Sea Eagles, even though no Tommy Turbo. Uh, Drew Evans playing some great footy at the moment. Uh, their unsung hero is really Lachlan Croker at hooker. I think he's having a great season so far. Uh, and I will say um, Sea Eagles 1-12. to yeah, I think the home ground advantage will be in the favour of the Seagulls, a close one. Uh, Cherry Evans does seem to play well against the Titans ever since his uh, backflip. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, moving on. The second game in Saturday, we have the Storm versus Sharks. This will be a rip-snorter of a clash. Game of the round. No changes. Yeah, exactly. No changes to the Storm side and no changes to the Sharks. Uh, what a game this is going to be. Um, I think that, again, like the Storm don't lose too many games at home and I think they will have just enough to get the job done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of, it's the Storm's spine of Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes and Grant up against the power of the um, 
of the Sharks in guys like Ramian, Talakai, um, you know, Fnuke and Hamian, Muelli and, and Rudolph. I think that, yeah, I agree with Jack O'Hare. I think the Bellyache will have the Storm primed for this game. Yeah, they'll be ready. Um, yeah, I was, I was nearly going to tip an upset. Um, but I, I'm going to go Storm 1-12, to 12, and by 1-12, to 12, I mean maybe a penalty goal for your goal. Um, it, it's... Yeah, it's going to be a crack woody, dare I say, game of the year. Game of the season. Game, <laughs> game of the season. Um, Sunday, the mighty roost, uh, the mighty, uh, the roosters <laughs> up here. Sorry, I nearly fucked that one up, didn't I? I was going to say, um, yeah, that's right. That sounds a bit better. Yeah, for the roosters, Sam Verrills makes his return, uh, sliding straight into the number nine jersey, which means that Connor Watson, who named it nine but starting off the bench, is actually going to be starting off the bench and wearing the 14 this week. Um, Matt Butcher continues to keep Lord Farquhar of the, uh, on the bench for Roosters. Um, as we said, for the Warriors, Montoya out with that excessive four-match suspension. WZ back into the run-on side. Murchie not named. Katal back on the interchange bench. Mate, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from our, from our, um, our spine. And uh, if we can contain Goey Manu and James Tedesco, I think it goes a long way to us winning this game. Um, look, we've, we've just got to take those two guys and we've really got to aim up on Walker and Keary. And I think um, guys like Aitken and Bailey Sirenham will do that. Uh, you know, last year we had some some younger guys like Eli Katoa who was marking up on Sam Walker and just did. It was his debut, in. wasn't it? He yeah. made his debut against us and he was allowed free reign. Yeah. yeah, they didn't put any pressure on him. They stood off him. And I think Aitken will be doing that. Aitken's kind of coming into a real purple patch of form at the moment. And uh, I think he's going to put Sam Walker or Luke Keary, whichever one is he's marking up against, under a lot of pressure. Uh, and I see the Warriors winning. It's never a, a big win. Um, I, th- I see it going down by wire. Warriors 1-12. to 12. Possibly, you know, two or four points in it. Yeah, I'm going to say Warriors by two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everyone's favourite team on Sunday, the Dragons versus the Knights. Dragons, Josh Maguire, the only change for the, the Saints, returning from a lengthy suspension. Tyrell Fui-Mayono named on the extended bench. And, yeah, no other changes for the Dragons. So old stubborn old hook is resisted to uh, bring back the young guns. So there you go. For the Knights, Edric Lee, interesting, comes back into the side for the Predator, Dominic Young. He hasn't played – he didn't play all last year. No, it's his first he, game in like a, a year. He didn't. Play, he hasn't played since Origin 3 yeah. <laughs> yeah. of 2020. He's an Origin player. He's an Origin right. player, mate. Him and, him and his cousin, uh, Branko. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, no other changes for the Knights. Um yeah. Can you, can you back the Dragons? I, I think this will be close. I, I, I don't see the Knights destroying them. Um, I'm going to say the Knights by a 10. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Young is injured. I know that, Jack. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I tossed and turned with this one. Um, I, I just can't bring myself to tip the Dragons. Uh, <laughs> even though I think it's going to be a pretty claim because the, the Knights are far from impressive. They had those... Those two wins that everyone carried on about where they, they caught the Roosters, um, you know, uh, in the round one, and then they played the Tigers. Everyone was going on about how good the Knights were. And 
said back then they've played nobody. Uh, look, I'm tipping the the Knights. I'm hoping the Knights because I'd love to see the Dragons continue their losing ways. <laughs> but, um, yeah, who knows? It's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard uh, to say. You know. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tip. I'll tip the Knights uh, in a close one. And then that brings us to Easter Monday, where we've got the Eels virtually for the bye. Um, for the Eels, Murata Niakore named in the centres. He's uh, interesting to see how he plays. It's his first game of the season coming back from injury. He is signed to the Warriors for 2023. Um, so that is one of our uh, players coming next year. So very versatile player, can play back row and, and centre. So good to see him getting some minutes. Um, well, Pinasini on the wing for the injured Wonga Blake. He's now wears the the cursed number two jersey. That is, um, who has it claimed? It's claimed Will, Will Russell, um, Hayes, now Wonga Blake, and Mike Acevo. Um, so yeah, interesting. Where's Chalice? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Oricon Fusi is named in the front front row for the suspended junior Parlo. Uh, and Hayes Perham, our good mate Hazy Perham from the Warriors, named on the oh, bench. Perham. Perham, uh, yes. Um, for the Tigers, uh, Woogie, he's finally found the axe in the uh, in the back set and he's bought it out. Um, interestingly enough, three of their captains not playing this week, so they're down 60% on their, uh, <laughs> their leadership. Not enough uh, captain. We need more captain. Oh, mate. <laughs> Uh, so let's go through what Woogie's done here. So Woogie, he's wielded the axe. Oliver Gildart's been to the extended bench. Luke Garner, a uh, back rower, hasn't been named in the centres. Uh, Ken Mamalo also dropped the extended bench. Stafford Toa moves from the centres onto the wing. Jason Hastings returns from suspension. He's named at half, which means Luke Brooks moves from half to 5'8", because that's going to solve Brooks' Yeah, problems. I was just going to say, like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. That's going to change um, everything. Jacob Little drops to the extended bench. Jake Simpkin uh, comes in at the number nine. Uh, Jock Madden drops back to the bench. And uh, Tyrone Peachy, he's also on the extended bench. So uh, Peachy, um, Mamalo, and uh, the other captain that's not playing. Uh, um, there's an in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, three captains not playing. Uh, mate, I can see this game uh, being... Like a fifty-point rubbing, uh, if they continue on that the way that they've been playing, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Eels by fifty. Uh, yeah, uh, Eels are a team that can dine out on a on a weaker side. They are a bit. They are somewhat of a flat track bully type team, and this is their kind of game. So, I think yeah. they might put them to the sword. Well, mate, I I liken their spine to the spine of the Storm. They've got one of the best spines in the competition. Uh, Gutho, Brown, Moses and Marnie and all playing really, really win. They're really, really good. Um, so, yeah, going to be a, a big win for the Eels if they um, if they decide to play some footy and, and put their foot to the throat of the Tigers. Mm, absolutely. Hey, guys, don't forget we've got our live shows coming up. So our upcoming live chats and events in 2022. So every Wednesday, um, we'll be doing our Warriors review. So obviously next week will be our round six review. And we, as we said before, we're going to continue to make those connections with the former players and to bring you more of those interviews that you enjoy. We've got a few guys lined up. We're just trying to sort out some dates there. 
Um, so keep an eye on the events page on Facebook for any upcoming fan pre-game meetups. Um, for in terms of Redcliffe, if you're going to any of the Redcliffe games, the pre-game meetups there are going to be at the Dolphins Leagues Club. Uh, we can't actually book any tables there, so we just sort of meet out the sports bar, and it's a great area and awesome atmosphere out there. So make sure head into any of these games to come and join into that. Um, no, no meetup um, available for this Sunday's game due to the Easter holiday. So unfortunately, there'll be no meetup there for that one, but make sure you get along to the game if you are in the area. Um, round 10, now this is the big one, Magic Round. It's our fan meetup at the Lord Alfred Hotel, 12 p.m., Saturday, 14th of May, and very special guests, Warrior 76 himself, Mark Tukey, Warrior 86, Kevin Campion, and Warrior 127, Grant Ravelli, are the special guests confirmed so far. So you won't want to miss that. Come along, hang out with your fellow supporters, and meet some Warriors legends. Yeah, uh, July 3 meetup. Uh, yeah, mate, I, I, I'm guessing there will be. Uh, we're actually based in Australia, so we, we, we're not heading over for that game. Um, we've made a conscious decision that, you know, we've been blessed uh, for the past three seasons. We've been able to see the Warriors play, so we definitely don't want to take up two tickets of uh, deserving uh, New Zealand fans um, that were along to that game. Uh, um, but I'm sure there will be some sort of meet uh, pregame meetup in July for that. We we're looking to have uh, for the final game of the season against the Titans, 25. Um, so uh, yeah, we're looking to be there for that one in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, look if if you hear of any meetups for the for those New Zealand games, let us know. We're happy to you know obviously use our platform to advertise them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, love that picture um, that we've got there, mate. Uh, Tooks is a shadow of that man. Uh, he really that, is. Almost to the point where at uh, some of the games we've been to with him, people are like, "Is that is that Mark Tukey? Yeah, that looks like, like a, kind of kind yeah. of looks like him, but a much skinnier version of him. Mate, <laughs> that's like who's, who's that guy? It looks like a skinny version of Mark Tukey. Yeah, that's because that's what it is. <laughs> uh, he's a fantastic man. Love, love Tukey. Yeah, awesome fella. Yeah. Um, just a reminder. Uh, that uh, um, it's our membership subscription platform enables you, our followers, to show your support of us and the content we provide by signing up for our monthly sub, uh, membership subscription. Um, we keep saying it, and it is going to happen. We are unlocking some more support platforms in the coming weeks. We've just had a, a bit of an issue with some of our merch um, availability, particularly the caps. Um, so we haven't set up the, the tiers for that yet. Um, but we do have our basic tier up and running. Yeah, that's right. And um, you can head to our Patreon page, show your support, and subscribe to our bronze tier, which is set at the lowest possible amount. That's just $3 a month. It's next to nothing. It goes a long way for us, though. And um, we have partnered with Torius Screen Print, as he said, to produce a range of merchandise that will be available soon. As he said, the cats are just starting to come out, and you've seen some of the shirts that we've done. Uh, the halftone heroes. You can see the Steve Price shirt there behind, uh, behind Hammer there, and we have now have introducing the Josh Curran halftone hero shirt as well. So that one will be available for pre-sale very, very soon. Um, and that that's all made by Torius. Fantastic quality shirts, and we'll be releasing um, our Patreon only merchandise soon as well. Once we get those 
those different tiers up and running. So there will be a couple of items that you can only get through being a Patreon supporter. And um, yeah, there'll be a silver, gold, diamond, and platinum package. And once those tiers are available on Patreon, so stay tuned to social media and we'll be uh, letting you guys know all about that. Absolutely, mate. And we just want to thank, as always, our our um, those people that have uh, been kind enough to subscribe to our bronze tier uh, Patreon program so far. Uh, Daniel Delore, Peregrine Falconer, Sean Kurzweil, Fabian Moroa, Stevie Williams, Christian Catley, Alf Tuolave, TK Harris, Ted Clark, Inamete, Lisa Marie Bateman, Ken Wills, Nigel Phillips, Kane Fraser, Jermaine Downs, Malcolm Earnshaw, and Dennis Danzo. Uh, we thank you guys uh, very, very much. We really do appreciate the support. Yeah, we definitely do. Thanks so much. Yeah, all your um, kind, generous support goes a long way to, to help us produce the content on our show. Don't forget, um, if you guys do miss any of our live shows, you can catch up on our Facebook page. You can go to our video section or you can go to YouTube channel and catch up there. Um, the easiest way to find our videos is to head to our link tree. And that has a link to everything that we've done. So our, our game reviews, our live chats, um, any sort of content that we've released online and uh, special presentations. So don't forget when you are on our YouTube channel, though, to hit uh, subscribe. So you'll never miss out on any of our streamed content because it doesn't cost anything, you know. Uh, Anthony Peake, how does one apply to support uh, to support you guys, mate? Probably, as Rob said, the easiest way is go to our link tree. The easiest way to access our link tree is via our Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, which is just uh, Ruin Hammer, uh, and you go to our profile from there in our uh, like in our bio on Instagram, there's a, a direct link to link tree. Uh, and that brings up everything there, and then you just hit the Patreon uh, button. Patreon. Other than that, um, you can just go to Patreon and search us uh, there as Ruin Hammer, or as uh, Rob's. I think Rob, have you got the? I yeah, I've got the link the here. Screen, mate. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Patreon.com/slash/ru underscore and underscore hammer. Yeah. So we're on there, so you can jump on there, and we're, yeah, much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, guys, if you're a podcast fan, you like to catch up on all our episodes on a, on a po podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, etc. cetera, um, make sure you subscribe to us there too. We upload the episodes pretty much straight after we do the live show uh, so that they're there uh, to listen to uh, pretty much every Thursday morning. And, and as I said, please head to our Ruin Hammer Instagram page where uh, that's probably where we got the most content. Um, uh, obviously, we share it to Facebook um, but, you know, uh, the content there, we keep our followers informed of all our upcoming events, any Warriors news, player movements, um, you know, stuff that we've got coming up, all other Warriors-related content. Um, so, yeah, make sure you subscribe to us there too. Yeah, well, that's it for tonight's show. Um, thanks to each and every one of you guys who tuned in on Facebook, on YouTube, or listening on the podcast. We really do appreciate all you guys. And thanks for joining in the conversation and especially you guys who um, continue to support us at Ruin Hammer. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very much appreciated. Absolutely is. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, have a happy Easter if you celebrate Easter. Um, and uh, 2, 2 p.m. Sunday, go the Warriors. It's on. Go the Warriors. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, guys.